Welcome to the Ray of Hope Church podcast. We believe that hope changes everything, so get ready for an encouraging message from the Word of God. We pray that you would receive wisdom and revelation as you grow in the knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. Stand with me just for a moment. Um, I was thinking as we were singing and, and we were worshiping, I, I know of a story that's a, an old story back in a, a horrible time in American's history when there was slavery. Uh, sometimes the uh, servants and the drivers and the different ones would come to church and they would seat them up in the loft while the rest of the folks were on the floor of the congregation. And uh, one of the men, his name was John, and he would get so enraptured in the singing and, and the worship and the, the preaching he'd always respond from up top, and he wasn't supposed to. And he, he kept, you know, having that habit, and his, uh, his, his uh, master told him, he said, now, John, he said, you're, you're doing something a little out of character here. He said, you keep commenting and, and, you know, saying hallelujah and amen, singing. You guys are supposed to be quiet up there. He said, I don't know if I can do that, boss. He said, well, you know, you need to do that. Well, John just never could keep quiet. And uh, finally, he said, he said, John, if you be quiet, he said, I'll buy you a new pair of boots. And the next service, John was just as vocal as he was. And he said, boss, boots or no boots, I got to say something. I mean, you know, boots or no boots, we got to say something. He's the king of kings and the Lord of lords. And let the redeemed of the Lord say so. Amen. Let's pray together. Father, we thank you for our time together. We thank you for what we feel, what we're experiencing today. Speak to our hearts in Jesus' name. Amen. You may be seated. Turn around and tell your neighbor, I'm glad you're here today. I want to talk to you today about seeing the divine in the ordinary. Lord, help me to see the extraordinary in the midst of the ordinary. Help me to see the divine in the, the common things of life. In Luke chapter 2, verse 8, Now there were in the same country shepherds living out in the fields, keeping watch over their flock by night. And behold, an angel of the Lord stood before them. And the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were greatly afraid. And the angel said to them, Do not be afraid, for behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy, which will be to you and all people. For there is born to you this day in the city of David a Savior, who is Christ the Lord. And this will be the sign to you. You will find a babe wrapped in swaddling clothes, lying in a manger. Amazing thing. Those shepherds. The Bible says there was one angel that appeared and gave them the, announce, the announcement and then it says the heavens were filled with the heavenly hosts, worshiping, praising God. So this went from one angel to a myriad of angels to a heavenly choir and no wonder they were afraid that night, right? I mean, this is something you don't see every day. So now we're getting ready for this uh, monumental event that they're going to witness and that's the birth of Jesus the Messiah. Now, one of the things that I know is sometimes we miss things that are there, but we just don't see them. And we're so busy in the mundane and the ordinary, we don't see the divine and the extraordinary, and we don't see them clearly. Can I get a witness here? And the, the, the marvelous fact is God's around us all the time. And sometimes we don't see it, we don't sense it, we don't catch it. Um, Many of you realize that movie studios like Disney and Pixar, they put things in their movies and they, they kind of hide them in the background. Some good, some bad, but 
Um, you, you may not know these facts, but I'm going to give them to you. Sleeping Beauty's spinning wheel can be seen in Rapunzel's tower entangled. A rider fleeing in Rapunzel makes an appearance at Ella's coronation in Frozen. Mike Wazowski from Monsters, Inc. appears in a small figure in one of the scenes of Frozen. Hands from Frozen shows up in a wanted picture on the bulletin board of a police station during the movie Big Hero 6. A small Mickey Mouse doll is sitting on a shelf in the movie Frozen. There's a Mulan restaurant in Lilo and Stitch. In Brave, the witch who turns the mother into a bear has Sully from Monsters, Inc. carved into a log in her house. The vultures in Jungle Book. How many of you remember the vultures up in the tree in Jungle Books? They were originally patterned after the Beatles, and they were supposed to be voiced over by the Beatles, but because of a scheduling conflict, the Beatles uh, couldn't give the voices. In the movie Frozen, now, you have to understand... Carrie and I's kids are grown, and we don't have any grandkids yet. So some of you know very vividly all of these movies. And, and I'm a little uh, uh, naive about some of this. But in the movie Frozen, Kristoff tells Anna that all men eat their own boogers. Is that true? I mean, is that in the movie? Okay. They said it was. But at the end of the movie, there's a disclaimer that appears in the, in the credits and listen to the, the, the disclaimer. This is actually in the movie. The views and opinions expressed by Kristoff in the film that all men eat their own boogers are solely his own and do not necessarily reflect the views or the opinions of the Walt Disney Company or its filmmakers. <laughs> now that's just funny. And if you don't watch it, you don't catch it, but all those things are in the movie. And if we don't watch it, we won't see what God's doing in our life every day. There, there are glimpses and there's glory and there's things that God's doing and sometimes it slips by us and we don't catch it like we should. And, uh, you know, you don't expect to see a king in a feed trough, do you? If you're a wise man, if you're the magi and you're following a star looking for a king, you don't think it's going to lead to a stable. You don't think it's going to lead to a cave or a, a cow pen or somewhere like that. That's not what you expect. If you're looking for a king, you're looking a different direction. Now, the Bible says the magi, the wise men, were looking for a king. But the Bible says the shepherds were looking for a Messiah Savior. So they were both looking, according to Scripture, for two different things. But how many of you know he embodies both of them? He is the King, and he's also the Messiah and the Savior. So if you're the, the wise man, the Magi, guess where you would go? And that's exactly where they went. Listen, they went to where first? Jerusalem. They went there and they inquired of the king that was already there, Herod, and the wise men, or we would say the scribes there around Jerusalem, where is he that's born king of the Jews? And they got together and they said, well, the Holy Scripture says he's going to be born in Bethlehem. And then as they leave, the star leads them to Bethlehem and that's where they go. But they're looking maybe for a royal palace, for long hallways and dining halls and servants and soldiers and subjects and kings, uh, thrones and all that stuff. And guess what? They don't find any of that. None of that is there. They're, they're looking for pomp and ceremony and it's not there. 
You think that they could have been disappointed when they went into the house and maybe found Mary and Jesus? The, the Bible doesn't say that, but I think maybe their trip started out one way, ended up another way. And this is what I know. Stables have a certain aroma about them, don't they? I mean, the, uh, the clientele of stables are sheep and donkeys and oxen and cattle and chickens. And this is what I know. I mean, this is the way I was raised. You can leave with a little bit of that on you. And when I walk into the house, Carrie makes sure I don't leave a little bit with her. She'll say, take those boots off. And I'll say, they're clean. She never believes me. But I think that this place that they're headed, both the shepherds and the wise men, the magi, is not a sanitary place. This is not the Duncan Regional Hospital Birthing Center. This is not Mercy Hospital. This is a dark, this is a dank, if you will. This is a smelly place, and the only glory that is there is the Shekinah glory of God that is shining down from above. It is the leftover lodging, or the lodging that is just what they could find. No room at the end or with relatives if they have any. So they are looking for just anywhere because Mary is getting ready to give birth to this baby. And because of the taxation of uh, Caesar and the census, they're there and there are many people there. And so they have to find a place that will work. Even Motel 6 was full. And Tom Bodette did not leave the light on for him. So it's a tough place. And I think in this Christmas story, most people missed this divine moment. And if you and I don't watch it, we'll miss divine moments in our life. And this story is filled with people who missed opportunity. Our prayer should be this this morning, saints. Lord, help me see where you're working. Show me your presence. Make me aware of the extraordinary in the midst of the ordinary because there is God moving everywhere. Amen? On Friday night, we had went up to Norman and we had dinner with Matt and Stephanie over here to my left. And so we were driving home Friday night and there was a stretch of the highway that I was behind three or four cars and the car that was holding everybody up was going about 50. And then they'd go 55. And then 60. And then 45. Don't you love to get behind somebody like that? And I'm usually talking to them. Does anybody else talk while you drive? Now, you've got to talk good stuff, okay? But, but I'm talking and I'm saying, don't these people know what cruise control is? God invented cruise control, right, for you to use. Set it on 65, set it on 70, what are the speed limits? Let's, let's go. So we're going 50, we're 45, we're 60, we're 65, we're 45. And I'm saying... These people are wearing me out. And Carrie, she's so nice. She says, they're just enjoying the journey. And I said, I'm not enjoying the journey behind them. 
But sometimes we're so fast-paced, we're wanting to get where we're going, we're, we get so wrapped up in the things, sometimes we just, we miss the things that sometimes we ought to look and enjoy and smell the roses. I, I you know, I, I shared in the early service this morning this message and had people coming up to me and, and, and I made the reference this morning when I got up, it was dark outside and then I looked out and there was a little bit of light and this is before the sun came up and I could see the silhouette of the trees and the orangeness of the sky and, um, you know, there's some frost out there's about 20 degrees when I got up this morning and really pretty really pretty and sometimes we miss the sunrises and we miss the sunsets and we miss, miss all the things that are really glorious I mean really it's a miracle and someone came up to me and said sometimes you know I'll get my cup of coffee if you like coffee that's okay and I go out to the porch and I sit on the porch and I'll just look at nature and I'll look at the birds and I'll look at all the things. And I think, you know, that, that's wonderful. But, you know, sometimes we miss what God's doing because we are so hustle and bustle and the urgent takes care of the important when it's really important and we're thinking this is urgent and this is urgent and this is urgent. And, and we miss what God is doing around us, Right? And we don't realize that he's there for us. I remember R.B. told me last week we were leaving Sunday and he was sharing something about church family. And, and I love our church family. If you don't have a church family, this is a great family, let me tell you. And I would say this if I wasn't the pastor. I mean, this is a great church family. So yeah, let's give the Lord a hand clap. And R.B. said, I, I went, maybe it's a Walmart or some store. And he said, I went out to my vehicle and I couldn't get it started, you know, battery dead or something. And he said, I saw I get out and I got to deal with this. And all of a sudden, you know, one of the guys from the church come by. Hey, can't get it started. And he said, I'll pull around, jump you off. And then another guy from the church came by. And R.B. said, in a moment, I got people jumping me off. They're cleaning my battery cables off, you know. How many of you know, sometimes there's divine intersection. When we have needs, when we need somebody to help us or we need God to show up. How many of you believe that he does? And sometimes it's not what we think or what we expect. But let me tell you, we have a God that will show up. And let me tell you, in this story, we had a guy that showed up. And I don't know what they were expecting. Bethlehem, are you kidding me? Ordinary town, probably less than 300 people. I mean, it's kind of a jerk water town. And, you know, that, that term came from the people who didn't have a water tower. They had to carry the water to the old steam engines of the railroad. That's the jerk water town. They didn't have enough money to have a water tower. I know Matthew, when he went to OU, he said that people would ask him where he's from. And he said, I'm from Comanche. And they had, didn't have a clue where that was. Can you believe that? And Matt's response was always, well, Comanche's right, you know, between local and Corum, you ought to know where that's at. <laughs> but Bethlehem's kind of like that. About five or six miles from uh, Jerusalem. We were there a couple of times uh, a couple of years ago, maybe three years ago, and nothing really of notoriety. And here's a young woman of notoriety. Uh, I mean, she has really no Facebook page or anything. No notoriety for Mary. And no fanfare for those in authority. The, the mayor didn't give a proclamation. The governor didn't give a proclamation. I mean, there is really no provision for them. And the only people that we know that was present for the birth of Jesus, what you think about this, was Mary and Joseph and maybe a few animals. The shepherds arrived after he was born. The magi arrived after he was born. So the only people that we absolutely know was there was Mary and Joseph. Now, I want to tell you, 
One of the greatest events in human history was witnessed by very few people. Do you realize that we mark history on this event? You ever heard this? B.C. A.D.? Now, people will tell you that's not what that's about, but that is exactly what that's about. It was before Christ and after Christ or after his death. So history literally was marked. Do you realize they've changed it today? And now they call it B.C.E., before the common era. But I want to tell you, it was originally marking the birth, the coming of Jesus Christ. And that wonderful event, but right in the middle of human history. I mean, you do know this is his history or his story. History is his story. And you and I get to experience and we get the joy and the gladness of the coming of the Messiah. And it shouldn't just be one time a year. It should be every day of your life. Because I want to tell you, God's on the move. And he's around you, and he's speaking to you, and he's showing you, and he is there sometimes when we cannot see him. Do you believe that? This Christmas account is full of two things, the ordinary and the extraordinary. The ordinary and the extraordinary. Do you realize it's ordinary for young women to have babies? It's ordinary. Young women have babies. But this was not an ordinary birth. This was a birth that was extraordinary. This is a virgin giving birth. Let me read Isaiah chapter 7 verse 14. Therefore the angel, uh, therefore the Lord himself will give you a sign. The virgin will conceive and give birth to a son and will call him Emmanuel. Now that term virgin, some translators say, well that just means young woman. Well, it's ordinary that young women have babies, right? But it wouldn't be a sign if a young woman had a baby. That, that's no sign. Young women have babies all the time. But let me tell you what Isaiah is actually saying. A virgin's going to give birth. Honey, that's a sign. That has never happened in human history, and it's not going to happen again. A virgin is giving birth to a baby. Young woman having a baby? Ordinary. Virgin having a baby, extraordinary. The critics of the scripture, they try to twist it, but I'm going to tell you this is an extraordinary virgin birth, Jesus coming into this world. It's ordinary to announce the birth of a baby. Matter of fact, Carrie and I stood up here last weekend and we said we're going to be grandparents. We were making an announcement. That was kind of ordinary. I mean, pretty special for us. But... This announcement made about Jesus was not an ordinary announcement. I want you to catch this. This announcement literally came from heaven. This announcement was from heaven by an angel named Gabriel. Dr. Luke gives us the account. Listen as I read verse 28. The angel Gabriel was sent to Galilee... The angel went to her, Mary, and said, Greetings, you who are highly favored, the Lord is with you. Mary was greatly troubled at his words and wondered what kind of greeting this might be. But the angel said to her, Don't be afraid, Mary, for you have found favor with God. You will conceive and give birth to a son. 
and you are to call him Jesus. He will be great and will be called the Son of the Most High. The Lord God will give him the throne of his father David, and he will reign over Jacob's descendants forever. His kingdom will never end. What an announcement! Even if the angel just said, you're going to have a baby, but just tack on, he's going to sit on his father David's throne. He is going to be the king forever over the descendants of Jacob. Let me tell you, that's a pretty good announcement, right, if you're having a baby. So this announcement came from heaven by Gabriel from the angel. Do you know it's ordinary for men and women to come together and have children? That's ordinary. But this birth was extraordinary. <laughs> I don't know if you ever had biology or somebody gave you the birds and the bees talk. How many of you had your parents give you the birds and the bees talk? I've got about three hands that went up. I, I thought, Carrie and I, we talked about this. Now, my mom and dad never give me that talk either. But I'm going to guarantee you by the time you get into junior high, you're going to hear that talk. So when Aaron was getting a little bit older, I guess maybe pre-junior high, Carrie and I decided that we needed to uh, give Aaron the birds and the bees talk. And for some reason, I got the short end of the straw. So we had a book. You remember we had a little book, kind of a little help book uh, that uh, took you through the process. So I said... Aaron down on the couch and I had my little book and I said, Aaron, I need to talk to you about something. And I started the birds and the bees talk and his eyes got about that big. He looked at me and thought, he didn't say it, but I can tell what he's thinking. Dad, you got to be kidding me. And we went through this whole process of the birds and the bees. Listen, it's ordinary that our kids are going to learn that, Right. And really better to learn it from you than some guy in the locker room at junior high. Can I hear an amen? amen? Okay, now, this is ordinary. But I want you to see something here. When you and I begin to see that, okay, this is a normal thing, a woman's egg, a, a man's sperm gets together, they, they create a baby. But that is not the way this happened. Here again, Dr. Luke. Don't you love doctors' perspectives of things and what they want to share? Dr. Luke says, Mary is asking the question, how will this be seeing I'm a virgin? The angel answered, the Holy Spirit will come upon you and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. So the Holy One to be formed or born in you will be called the Son of God. So this birth was not ordinary. How many of you know it was extraordinary? And we have to take this by faith because it's what the Word says. Now, I want your attention just for a moment. There's going to be so many skeptics in your life to say there's no way that could happen. That is not normal. That's not ordinary. Hey, that's my whole point this morning. We believe the Word of God. Do you believe the Word of God? We believe the Word of God. So what seems to be ordinary, or it couldn't happen any other way, you and I serve a supernatural God who is in the miraculous business of taking things that are ordinary and making them extraordinary. And the birth of Jesus was not an ordinary birth. And Jesus was no ordinary baby. 
I'm about to get excited here. Jesus was no ordinary baby. Do you know he's called Mary's child? He's called Mary's baby. He is never called the son of Joseph. You know why? He's not the son of Joseph. Now, Joseph is the father, if you will, that will raise him, even though he's not the biological father. God is his father. So we know that Mary has a son. She has a child, but he's never called the son of Joseph. But scripture states, and we read it, that he will be given his father David's throne and he will rule over the house of Jacob forever. You know this is a fulfillment of prophecy. It's also a fulfillment to David that your seed will sit on the throne forever. Now, if he doesn't have a natural father, we have to understand that the bloodline comes through who? It comes through Mary. So when Matthew begins the genealogy of Joseph, because the legal right of reigning comes through the man, right? So he is the earthly father that's going to raise him, though he's not the biological father. Everybody with me here? So Matthew gives us his genealogy, and notice how he begins. He gives us three 14-generation segments. Three 14-generation segments. But the first verse says that Jesus is the son of David and the son of Abraham. You can look at it. That's what it says. Now, why does Matthew start that way? Because he wants us to know this baby is from the regal, royal line of David, the tribe of Judah. And he wants us to also know not only the regalness of his position, but the bloodline because he says he's the son of who? Abraham, because the Jewish nation really in some way began with who? Father Abraham, the father of faith. So right off the bat, Matthew says, son of David, son of Abraham, and we go through the genealogy because we've got to make sure this is the right one with the right pedigree. How many of you know Jesus is the right one? He is fulfilling scripture. He's fulfilling that he is no ordinary baby and he's going to sit on his father David's throne. Your attention, please. Do you remember when Jesus made the triumphal entry into Jerusalem from the Kidron Valley down through to the beautiful gate or the eastern gate and to the Temple Mount? You know what he was riding? A donkey. Meek, lowly, humble, riding the donkey. That's the beginning of the week. That week they're testing him, trying him, examining him. And by Friday, he's arrested, crucified. Sunday, he's going to raise from the dead. But during that trial, he made it perfectly clear. He said, the next time you see me, it will not be like this. He said, the next time you see me, I'm going to come with the holy angels from heaven. Do you know that the Bible is very clear that when Jesus comes down to this earth again, he's going to land on the Mount of Olives? Zechariah said it, perfectly said it. And that he's going to come with the armies of heaven? Zechariah says the saints are going to come with him. John in his revelation says the armies plural will be with him. And I believe it's two groups, the saints and the angels. They're going to come with Jesus. Do you know what Jesus is riding when he comes back? He's not riding a little donkey. 
He's riding a white charger with many crowns, his vesture dipped in blood with the name of King of Kings and Lord of Lords. That's how he's coming. And the angel said, Mary, this baby is going to sit on David's throne and rule this nation forever. Wow. That's no ordinary baby. That's no ordinary baby. You see, Jesus is the son of Mary, Mary's child. He's the son of man. But he's also the son of God. You've got to catch who he is. Now, I want to stop here and say this. This is worth the price of admission. Nearly every denomination, every cult, every false doctrine can be traced back to this one fact. Do you understand who Jesus Christ really is? Do you understand who Jesus really is? He's not the devil's brother. He's not an angel. He's not just a good teacher or prophet. He's not, he's not this or that. I want to tell you, he's Mary's child. He's the son of man, but he's also the son of God. Can I hear an amen? amen. He is the son. Notice this. The angel said he is going to be the son of the highest. Say that with me. The son of the highest. Almost 50 times Jesus is called the son of God in your Bible. And it doesn't first appear in the New Testament. Did you know that? You know when that term first appears? When Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego are in the fiery furnace. A pagan king looked into the furnace and said, it looks to me like the Son of God is in there with them. Wow. This is the ordinary baby. Mary's baby. Mary's child. Not Joseph's. But he's also the son of the highest. He is the son of God. But he's also Emmanuel. Do you know this is all in the Christmas story? He's Emmanuel. You know what Gabriel is saying? This is God with you. God is with you. It blows our mind. Paul said it's the mystery. The Greek word, the mysterion. We don't understand how he does it. We don't understand how this works. We take it by faith. It's the mystery of the ages. That God could become man and the fullness of the Godhead bodily could be in that baby, Jesus. But according to scripture, that's true. Let me read you a verse. I got five minutes. How many of you give me five minutes? How many of you believe preachers? <laughs> Isaiah chapter 42, God is speaking. He says, I am the Lord. That is my name. My glory I will not give to another. My glory I will not give to another. Do you know in the Old Testament God is called Savior? Do you know in the Old Testament God is called the Redeemer? Do you know in the New Testament, Jesus is called the Savior and he's called the Redeemer? How do I reconcile that? I'll tell you how I reconcile it. Because Jesus is divine. 
Jesus is the fullness of the Godhead bodily, according to Scripture. He is the one who has revealed the invisible God to us. And so when you see Jesus, guess who you see? You see the personification, the humanity, if you will, God tabernacling, pitching his tent in human flesh and walking among us. Do you realize the Bible says that God is the judge of all? But the New Testament says Jesus is the judge of all. Isn't that interesting? My friends, listen to me. That baby that was born in the manger in Bethlehem, this is no ordinary baby. This is supernatural. This is extraordinary. This is the work of heaven. This is not the work of man. This is not just some girl or scheme or, you know, chaotic plan that someone has put together. This is the strategy of heaven that you and I might be saved. And if you're here today, you don't know Jesus Christ, I'm telling you, all of this flows right here to this wonderful event. A Savior's come. For he shall save his people from their sins. You know what? If he's just going to save the Jewish people from their sins, we're in trouble. Now, I don't know, maybe you've been on Ancestry.com, maybe you've done 23andMe, and maybe you know all about your ancestry, and I'm going to say you probably don't. But let me tell you something. He just didn't come to save the Jews, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that the whole world could be saved. Isn't that good news? You see in the midst of the ordinary, if you go to our house... We have an ordinary Christmas tree. So, Pastor Mike, I, I don't think, Carrie would think it's very ordinary, but in the light of what I'm talking about, it's just kind of ordinary. We got ornaments on it. Sometimes I think I've got a fortune of ornaments on that tree. <laughs> We've got presents under it. Here in the next two weeks, you're going to sing some songs and you're probably going to drink some hot chocolate and you're going to attend a few parties. Nothing wrong with any of that stuff. But the world would just see that as what? Ordinary. It's just what we do. Nothing wrong with it. We'll be doing the same thing. But in the midst of the ordinary, and this is what I want you to catch, please do not let the extraordinary miraculous work of God slip. Because if you've lived long as I have, Christmas rolls around about every three months. Have you found that to be true? You know, Randy got up and announced the children's Christmas musical is tonight. And I thought, didn't we just do that last month? I sat right up there. All of a sudden, boom, it's here again. And guess what? As you get older, time just seems like it's at warp speed. We just had Christmas, didn't we? 
And here it is again. And if we're alive next year, it's going to be here again and again and again. And wonderful. It's a great time of the year. From September to the end of the year is my favorite time of the year. But during that time, please do not let the extraordinary plan of God slip out of your life. Get up and say, oh God, show me your glory today. Your hand, your work, your heart in the midst of sometimes my ordinary day. Because I believe you're doing the extraordinary all the time. I mean, you know, he's an extraordinary God. He's an extraordinary God. Don't let the familiarity of life bring you to a contempt of life. Get up every day and say, God... Not only are you on the throne of David, not only are you going to rule over Jacob, but you're ruling over my life every day. You sit on the back porch with that cup of coffee and you see the birds and the sunrise or the sunset. And you look around and you say, you know what, this is amazing. Or you look down in your little girl's eyes. Or you look at your little boy's hands. Or you look at those grandkids, and you know what you see? You see something extraordinary. You see something amazing. This is the handiwork of Almighty God. I'm living an extraordinary life if I know Jesus, because he's the extraordinary baby. Amen. Stand with me. We are so thankful you joined us today. We would love to hear from you at rayofhopepodcast at gmail.com. Let us know how you are encouraged and how we can pray for you. Remember, Christ in you is the hope of glory and hope changes everything. gmail.com. Let us know how you are encouraged and how we can pray for you. Remember, Christ in you is the hope of glory and hope changes everything.